everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the NFL Road Show. Lindsay Rhodes here with some fantasy-related thoughts to put on your radar as we head into the weekend of week three. We're going to keep it moving. I know you guys are busy, so we're calling our Friday show this season the Fantasy 15. Going to hit the most relevant thoughts for the week in 15 minutes, or at least we're going to try. It was closer to like 17 minutes last week, but um, I've got a goal. Uh, before I get to my fantasy thoughts, I do want to put a few things on your radar, and that is the point totals in this weekend's games because they are relevant for fantasy, especially in daily fantasy, but also in season long. You want to attack the games that have higher point totals for obvious reasons, um, especially if they have high implied point totals for the team that your player is on. So these are good teams to maybe uh, stack players with in daily. And the best game of the weekend from in Vegas's estimation, also in mine, is the Bills-Dolphins. The line is set at, um, I'm sorry, the over-under is set at 53 points. This one's super interesting to me after what we saw from the Dolphins last week. We know that they can put points on the board in a hurry. So even if they're down, they can get back in the game quickly with like a throw to Tyree kill. One thing that makes this very interesting to me this week, in addition to just the fact that there are two good offenses and defenses and weapons and the coaches and the creativity and all of that stuff, is that the Bills' secondary is real banged up, guys. So Micah Hyde, who is the Bills' safety, has a neck injury. He's out for week three against the Dolphins. Dane Jackson is out. That's the team's outside corner, um, their, their top outside corner, now that Tredavious White is not there and he has not been there uh, yet. McDermott says it remains to be seen what pa- uh, Jordan Poyer can get done. So that's like three pretty important pieces that are either out or maybe limited. Um, and if you're thinking, okay, fine, then the pass rush will just get to Tua and make up for whatever can't get done on the back end. They're going to be missing Jordan Phillips up front with a hamstring injury. So I think all of this maybe even evens things out a little bit more and certainly makes the Dolphins a little bit more interesting offensively. Um, On the other side of things, I just want to put one thing on your radar, and that is that the Dolphins have a bit of an underrated cornerback on their roster, a guy that I'm sure you probably have not heard of if you live outside of Miami. He is a Rookie undrafted cornerback out of Texas A&M Commerce. Not even just Texas A&M, but Texas A&M Commerce. His name is Cater Kohu. He is the highest graded cornerback in the National Football League, not just on the Dolphins, but in the entire NFL through two weeks, according to PFF's grades. I realize that's a small sample size, but I think it's really interesting. It looks like they found a good one in him, so I will be watching to see how he holds up in this matchup because obviously he'll be challenged with this Bills offense, um, but he'll be back there with Xavier Howard. At some point, they'll have Byron Jones back there too. That could be a good secondary this year. Another team with a high expected point total that I am very much looking forward to is Lions Vikings. I've talked about that this week on the pod. 52 and a half points expected in that one. I think it's going to go back and forth. Both defenses can give up points. Both offenses um, have proven that they can put points on the board. Vikings did not do that on Monday night, but I think that they will rebound and have a good game against the Lions this week. So I'm very much looking those two looking forward to seeing those two teams push each other. Chiefs Colts has a point total of 50 and a half. 
Um, and there are some injury updates there that we'll get to in just a bit that I think will impact that one. Rams-Cardinals is also a high point total at 49, and I like the over in that one. Um, Steelers-Browns, we saw on Thursday night, had the lowest expected point total of the week. It was 38.5, but they ended up scoring 46 in that one, so keep that in mind as I rattle off the other low um, point totals that as far as what we're expecting. And these are the games that maybe you want to not stack a bunch of players with in fantasy Cowboys giants at 39 Texans bears at 39 Falcons Seahawks at 41 and a half um, Saints Panthers at 41 and a half. And also, and I think this one's interesting is uh, Packers Bucks at 42. We've got Tom Brady taking on Aaron Rodgers. And we have one of the lowest point totals of the week in that game. Just, uh, mess in terms of passing weapons on both sides, frankly. And I'll get to some of the updates in that department. Um, Well, let's just do it now. Let's go ahead and get to all the fantasy notes here, starting with the injuries. It is fantasy in 15, and I am going to start my clock, and we are going to break the huddle. Let's go! Two on, two on, two. Ready? Ready? All right, here we go. 15 minutes. Justin Herbert, by the time you listen to this, you might have an answer. Uh, As of right now, it's not looking good for him playing. Friday afternoon, where I am, he was not throwing at practice on Friday. Chase Daniel was taking first-team reps for routes on air. Vegas either caught wind of this or has other information. The line for that game against the Jaguars moved from Chargers minus 7 to minus 3.5 within the hour. So if you've got Justin Herbert as your fantasy quarterback, come up with another plan immediately. Good news to back up that bad news um, out of the gate. Michael Pittman looks ready to go, according to Frank Reich. That was the phrasing that he used. So thank God, play him. Also notable in that game, Shaquille Leonard is out still. That is good for Kelsey and Juju and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Frankly, it's good for the Chiefs, period. But particularly think of those guys that might attack the middle of the field where Uh, the artist formerly known as Darius Leonard would um, swallow them up normally. Rashad Bateman did not practice Friday, but he is fine. He will play. So will Devin Duvernay, who is out of the concussion protocol. Did not love what I heard about J.K. Dobbins out of Baltimore on Friday. He's been a full participant all week long. Actually, he's been a full participant for two straight weeks. Uh, But when Harbaugh was asked on Friday when he'll be active, he said, you'll know it when you see it. I'll put it that way. I'm happy with how he's working. We got certain parameters that we're looking at. It's not going to be too long. Mm, that doesn't sound like plug him into your lineup. So obviously, if he does play, I think you should play him. I think you should put him in your fantasy lineup. They're obviously not rushing him to get out on the field. So my guess is if he is on the field, he is ready to play. If you can afford to keep him on the bench in that scenario and see what he looks like, I'd advise that. But if not, I think you're probably fine to play him if he does play. doesn't necessarily sound like he's going to play. It uh, does look like James Conner is going to play. He didn't practice Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. If he doesn't go, I think that Daryl Williams is the handcuff there. What I think we learned from last week's game when Connor left with an injury is that Eno Benjamin is the two in the sense that they rotate him in with Connor. But if Connor is not out there, I think his role stays the same and Williams takes over Connor's role, especially at the goal line. And that is obviously very important. The Bucks are not going to have Godwin. They might not have Julio. He is a game time decision. Also in that game, defensively, Akeem Hicks out, worth noting. The Packers had a ton of people mispractice Thursday. That's an interesting one. No Lazard or Watkins or Watson or Cobb 
on Thursday. They did have Bakhtiari back on the field, though. That is huge. Uh, worth noting that Lazard and Watson did return to practice on Friday. The thing that I take away from this is I don't love that all those receivers are missing reps with 12 at the very least because they all need them. So that said, LaFleur says that Romeo Dobbs is going to carry a bigger load this week. Can we take that seriously? I probably am not going to. I have Dobbs on a ton of rosters, and I got him late enough that obviously I can afford to keep him on my bench. If you can, I would for another week. I wouldn't like run with what LaFleur said against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and just plug him into all my lineups. Jacoby Myers did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, was out there on Friday. Possibly we don't see him on Sunday. Keep an eye on that one heading into the game. My guess is, I mean, it's the Patriots. They're going to list him as questionable. They list everyone as questionable. So we're going to have to wait until game time to find out if he's playing. I don't think we're going to see Renfro. He's been out with a concussion, has yet to practice. Rondell Moore is going to be out again for Arizona, which means that Greg Dortch stays relevant for another week. Kamara was limited all week. He is listed as questionable. Jerry Judy is doing everything he can to play. According to Nathaniel Hackett, he and Pat Sertan both listed as questionable for the Broncos. Okay, let's talk about some plays at specific positions that I like. Matthew Stafford. Okay, he threw three picks in week one, came back last week with a solid game, has the Cardinals this week. The Cardinals defense has not been able to stop anything. They are last in scoring defense. They're allowing an average of 33 and a half points per game, 302 yards per game allowed passing. That is second worst in the NFL. The quarterback rating allowed is 130. That is second worst in the NFL. The explosive pass rate play is 20.7%. That is last in the NFL. As I mentioned, the game total here is particularly high. Play Matthew Stafford and your other Rams weapons in this one with confidence. Another quarterback I very much like this week is Kirk Cousins, who I think gets back on track after an awful showing on Monday night. Uh, A, this game is not going to be in primetime. It's conveniently buried in the nine-game early window, so there won't be a lot of eyes on him, and of course that is when he thrives. Um, I'm only half-joking here. Uh, The second point here, B, he's got the Lions, and while I am big... On the Lions this year, the defense does have a little ways to go. They've allowed the second most points, 65. They're allowing the sixth most passing yards per game. They're allowing the seventh most rushing yards per game. The Vikings are going to move the ball against this team. And the Lions offense, which has scored one fewer point than the Bills this season, they are going to keep up. They're going to push each other to keep putting points on the board, to keep the game script neutral. And I stole this one from Ian Harditz of PFF. Cousins is just, uh, he's one of just five quarterbacks that have eight or more 300-yard and three-touchdown games since the start of 2020s, tied with Herbert. So he is in some elite company in terms of that stat, and this is the game he gets back to putting those kinds of stats on the board. I like the matchup. Play Kirk Cousins. I will be doing so in DFS. From a running back standpoint, this has been a really weird year and it's been a disappointing season so far. If you are somebody who goes heavy RB at the top of your fantasy draft, that's what I do. I always go RB, RB. Um, It hasn't worked this year because zero running backs have scored 17 or more points both weeks. Okay, this has got to turn around at some point. Um, It did turn around to a degree for CMC who got a a 93% snap share in week two. It did not like his usage in week one. This week was a lot better. 
15 carries, five targets, 128 total yards. He put up 16.8 points. I'd like to see even more usage for him. My note with my thought with him is like, if you are a team that is not very good, you just got to find more ways to get the ball to your best player because the more chances he gets to break one, he will break one. Again, with those five extra carries, he tacked on a ton of extra yards this past week. Like he will break one, give him the chance to do so, and he can keep you in the game. Fournette versus Green Bay. Okay, his fantasy total last week was not that great, but it was just he was missing a touchdown. His volume was insane on Sunday. 24 carries, four targets, only had nine fantasy points. Again, uh, that is going to go up against a Packers defense that just got gashed by the Bears on the ground in a game where that is all the Bears did. They only threw it 11 times. So the Packers defense knew it was coming and they still couldn't stop it. Leonard Fournette and the way that they use him and considering the other injuries, he will continue to be a big part of the offense this week. I really like that play against Green Bay. Uh, Mixon was not bad last week. The offense was bad this week. Uh, they have the Jets this week. Nick Chubb was the leading scorer uh, against the Jets last week, the leading scorer in fantasy at, run, at the running back position with 30-plus points. Um, there are issues on the line for Cincinnati, and we've talked about them a lot this week on this show. I think it makes sense to work more quick passes in. I think Mixon is used a bunch of ways. I'm expecting a big week for him. Dalvin Cook had 7.6 points against the Eagles, only had six carries. They were playing from behind. I like the game script a lot more this week against the Lions in a game, as I mentioned, where I like the Lions, but I expect it to be high scoring. If Dalvin Cook cannot get back on track this week against the Lions, then I think we need to start having a conversation about Dalvin Cook. Same can be said for Derrick Henry against the Raiders. His yards per carry average on the season, I think it's 3.1. It's not good. Uh, that needs to change. It probably needs to change relatively quickly if we're going to keep plugging him in. That feels weird to say. Uh, Damian Pierce against the Bears. I like him this week, and I know that he feels tough to trust, but the Bears, did you see what the the Packers running backs did against the Bears? Um, I think you would feel a little bit more confident about playing Damian Pierce if you, if you did. Uh, I do, however, in that game, actually like David Montgomery better. Um, he had a huge week last week, by the way, I told you here, told you here, he was going to a lot of fantasy people said, don't play David Montgomery. I said, I very much like it. Um, and he went crazy. Uh, frankly, I think that the bears could attack the Texans either way through the air or on the ground. I mean, they could in the sense that the Texans are not good at defending either. That said, I think they will choose to run the ball. A, because the Texans are giving up 163 yards per game on the ground. But B, I think they want to shorten the game because I don't think they think they can score a ton of points. I don't either. And C, I don't know if they can pass protect. Justin Fields had 11 throws last week. I don't think that that was all matchup related. I'm not really feeling Josh Jacobs versus the Titans. I think that some people will see that they're – uh, they have the second worst run defense and Saquon went crazy against them. Um, the Bills hardly ran the ball. A lot of their yards were in garbage time. Frankly, James Cook put up like 53, but you know when they went to James Cook in that game. I think you attack the Titans with your strength. And it feels to me like a Devontae Adams game. Um, C. Diggs on Monday. Wide receiver. 
Jefferson against the Lions. No, he didn't have a great week, too. He gets back on track against the Lions this week for the reasons I already said. I like it very much, that matchup for Justin Jefferson. Uh, A.J. Brown against the Commanders. I also like that one for A.J. Brown. These are mostly DFS notes. Obviously, in season long, you're playing Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown. You don't need me to tell you to do that. Um, But the Commanders got torched by Amonra in week one. They got torched by Christian Kirk in week two. A.J. Brown will be the third wide receiver in a row to do that against them. Uh, Plug him in, pay for him, whatever. Brandon Cooks only had nine points against Denver. Um, He has Chicago this week. The Bears have not given up a lot of yards through the air, but remember their first game was in a monsoon and their second game was against the Packers. And the Packers, who don't have a lot of pass catchers, clearly pivoted to their ground game. And I think that the Texans could do that too, potentially. I like this game for Pierce, but I wouldn't pivot off of Cooks. I guess that's what I'm saying here. He has a 31% target share on that team. That's the second highest target share in the NFL. Only Deontay Johnson has a higher target share on his team than Brandon Cooks. His share of the air yards also crazy high at 38%. He's a guy you got to stick with for volume purposes. Interesting air yard stat, by the way, since I brought that up, Chris Olave led wide receivers last week in that category with 45% of his team's air yard share. That was almost half. Okay, my thing about him this week, and I could be wrong, I don't think that number works for the Saints. I don't think it's a sound offensive approach for Jameis to be looking to chuck it downfield as much as he is. And I kind of think it's an obvious coaching point this week for that team to, as a point of emphasis, rein him in and have him focusing on staying in the offense, working the short and intermediate parts of the field a little bit better. So while the numbers say Olave is a great play this week, I feel like there's a chance that we see an overcorrection. And I could be wrong, but remember what happened to the Raiders in week one? When they targeted Devontae Adams 17 times, people talked about how Carr was just looking for him on every play. Well, what happened in week two? First play, straight to Renfro. They went out of their way in that second game to get other people involved. To the point where Renfro, Hollins, and Waller all ended up with more targets than Devontae. And my guess is that uh, they kind of correct again this week and go back to Adams more. So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that I am not smashing Olave into my lineups this week. Another air yards note that I think is interesting to just put on your radar, and I want to say real quick, I think some people make too much of this stat. I look at the list of air yards leaders and target share guys, and there are a ton of guys on that list that I still have no interest in playing. So don't go crazy with this statistic, in my opinion. But like, if for some reason you need somebody out of desperation... Richie James is fifth in the league in target share with 22%. He is a wide receiver on the Giants. If you're like, who the heck is Richie James? That's a valid reaction. Uh, He's also very high in air yard share too with 36%. And he's in an offense where I could see that continuing because Galladay and Tony look like they're pretty much irrelevant there. So he's not a big name. And while he's on an undefeated team, I don't think many of us think it's a good offense. But he has scored double digits both weeks, and I think he's a low-end guy worth having on your roster. That said, he does have a tough matchup this week against the Cowboys, who are sixth in pass defense, and maybe really even higher than that because there's at least one team ahead of them that you could argue is situationally ahead of them. Niners are number one in pass D, but they played in that storm, and then they played Geno, so what do we really know about them? Okay, a couple of quick tight end notes for you. I love Higby this week. $4,500 on DraftKings. He leads the NFL in targets for tight ends through two weeks. I think it's 
I think it's 22 targets total. And he's facing the Cardinals, who gave up 121 yards receiving and a touchdown to Travis Kelsey in week one and 50 yards receiving and a touchdown to Waller in week two. I think if you're ever going to play Higby, this is the week to put him in the lineup. I also mentioned the high total in that game. Again, becomes relevant in this conversation. Hayden Hurst. Okay, I feel like he makes sense this week. Um, And you, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you heard the conversations that we had earlier in the week with Mark Dominic and Andrew Whitworth about the Bengals' offensive approach, the O-line issues that they've been having, the fact that they were still out there last week running these long developing routes in spite of their O-line issues. We even heard Andrew suggest that they go so far as to throw like a 13 personnel look on the field to protect Burrow and help get the ball to chase their best weapon. I feel like Hurst will see a lot of time on the field, um, and that might mean that they use him as a blocker more, which obviously doesn't help us in fantasy, but even then, I think the chances go up that he becomes a safety blanket checkdown guy. So I like him this week against the Jets. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. How did I do? Mm, I did. That's pretty close to 15. Yay, me. All right, we're back on Monday to see how all of these uh, suggested plays went. And we've got a very interesting guest lined up who has been on several fantasy teams of mine, James White, who just retired after eight years in the NFL, all of those seasons spent in New England. I cannot wait to talk to him and get his thoughts on the Sunday games. So be sure to subscribe so that that automatically appears in your feed as soon as it is up. Also, if you liked today's show, do me a solid, please spend like five seconds hitting that five-star button. If you've got 30 seconds to leave a review, that would be rad too. Did she just say rad? Yes, she's a child of the 80s. She says rad. She still does. I'm bringing it back. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Our producer is Andrew Emmer. Have a great weekend, everybody. I hope you enjoy the games, and I'll see you back down. Sirius XM Podcasts.